0: Here we go. Hello and welcome to the Never Heard of It podcast. I'm Craig Moorhead and I'm here to guide you through the world of movies no one usually watches. And my co-host today and as always is...
1: Sean Harwell. Craig, how are you? I'm doing all right. Sean, how are you? I'm doing good. I'm feeling excited about talking about this movie tonight and yeah. movies in general and just uh, just talking to you. That's what I'm excited about.
0: That's right. That's all it mm-hmm. really is
1: all about. I know. I don't need a reason. Or do I?
0: Oh, well. Maybe we'll figure that out by the end of the podcast.
1: <laughs> That's good. We were just talking, by the way. I like. I think we should mention that here, that this could very well be, and this is all credit to you, a podcast, that uh, an episode that lasts longer than the movie itself that we're talking about, which yeah, is something to strive for. We'll see.
0: Indeed. I I, I totally agree. Now, Sean... Mm-hmm. Our podcast uh we have some presences on the internet like on Twitter mm-hmm. like we you can find us on Twitter uh, at at never podcast you can go to the you can ne- go to neverheardpodcast.com if you, you wanted can. to find us on the web or just on Facebook you can look for us there um these are all things you can do uh, you can find us on iTunes and, and Stitcher. How's the Spotify thing going?
1: I looked late last week and still didn't find it. I you know, I think uh, they haven't quite done what they said they're going to do just yet.
0: Okay. Well, uh, to uh, all of our listeners, the first person to spot us on Spotify, we will mention your name live on the air.
1: So keep your eyes peeled. And this may take a while. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you you got to be in it for the long haul. So we appreciate your effort.
0: Yeah, thanks for quitting your job. So Sean, yeah, today we're going to talk about a movie uh, by the great Stanley Kubrick, his first feature film, which is pretty exciting. I don't feel like a lot really of people exciting. have watched this movie, and I think that uh, as we talked about last week on our tea up, he didn't really want a lot of people to watch this movie.
1: That's right crazy old crazy old kubrick
0: sean what is the movie
1: the movie craig is fear and desire can i ask you something before we talk about this movie
0: is it of a personal nature it is okay sure
1: what else to watch craig
0: Oh man, yeah. I, I was gonna ask you uh, before you asked me. Now see what I did. No, I
1: beat you to it. I beat you to you, it. You
0: beat me to it. You win again. Mm. Uh, this week, Sean, I, I finished up uh, Atlanta, uh, which was which is really, really, really good. I really yeah. love that show. Um, I sit down with it. You get a chance to watch it, man. It's it's some good stuff. And uh, I, I've been watching. Uh, what else was I watching? Uh yeah. Well, I've, I've been watching uh, Sicario in bits and pieces.
1: Is it holding up for you? I have, I've only seen that movie once and loved it. I've been kind of scared to watch it again.
0: <laughs> I've never seen it before, I'm oh, okay. sad to say. And so, mm-hmm. yes, yeah, so I'm, I'm watching it not in the way the director probably intended. But I will say...
1: Oh, man, let me that, tell you about the ending. Oh, the ending, No, go ahead. No, the, uh, the,
0: the opening is pretty intense. Oh, gosh, yeah. It's really pretty... It's, yeah, more or intense never, than I was expecting. Yeah. So, uh, so that's all good. What have you been watching, uh, Sean? I knocked
1: out a couple movies this these past two weeks. I, I finally watched Logan Lucky, the Soderbergh film from last year, uh, with Channing Tatum, Daniel Craig, and Adam Driver all doing Southern accents, which can't, can't say I anticipated. They're all very uh, different variations on the Southern accents, Some's some right. more successful than others maybe, but uh, I enjoyed it. It's a, it's a lot of nice little twists and turns in that movie. And then... I watched The Disaster Artist last night, finally, as well. Oh, nice. That's been sitting in my house for a while and really enjoyed that one. Made me kind of want to watch The Room again and kind of not. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely would like to read the book um, that uh, Greg Sestero wrote about his experience. I'm sure there's more details to mine from that. And then, Craig, I've been watching a few things on Filmstruck. I watched Mon Oncle, or My I've Uncle. I've never seen that. Yeah, if you want to be a xenophobe, yeah, uh, Jacques Tati. I don't think I've ever seen any of his movies before, and just seemed like something to do. And uh, yeah, it's an interesting movie. There's a lot of really cool design choices in, in that movie. It's very, very French. Yeah. And then I've started watching the Cook, the Thief, the Wife, and the Lover. Is that what it's called? Yeah, the Peter Greenaway movie. I don't, I don't think I've ever seen a Peter Greenaway movie. And I've always, I remember he was a name that got bandied about in film school quite a bit. And yeah. most of those are on FilmStruck now, so I'm really enjoying that, man. It's it's something. It's an interesting experience. And That's then, awesome.
0: yeah, I'd love to see that.
1: Yeah, I've been I've been ticking away at Dune, David Lynch's Dune. I've never seen the entirety of that movie. I've only just seen bits and pieces.
0: It's and pretty wacky, you know. The strange it's, thing it's is, I, I was never a, I think it was. It's known for being so wacky. Yeah. Uh, no, but um, I never <laughs> read the well, book. Well, which which is yeah. yeah is really it's it's on a stack of books that I that I want to read but I never read the book Me and either. I don't know if that's why but like I've always kind of really liked the movie and it's I think compelling
1: it, in a, in a lot yeah. of just cr- crazy ways and it I don't know that I understand really much of anything but yeah. Um, yeah it's just I mean like most of his movies there's just that sort of like odd magnetism about it that makes yeah. you keep watching even if you don't understand. So, yeah, yeah, that
0: is a that's a really good thing to to watch it and and yeah, basically trying to figure out what yeah. it is that keeps you know me coming back to it. Um,
1: well, I'll you know. tell you once I get to the end of it, I'll be I'll report back on just exactly what that movie is about. Yeah, yeah, we can
0: settle that score. <sighs> yeah, <laughs> but that is it. Well, that's okay. You yeah. should spend time with your family as well. I have, yeah, and read. I have, so
1: yeah, I got to do this, some of that. So. Well, let's talk about fear and desire then.
0: Mm.
1: Now, I think maybe I'll give the synopsis just because uh, it'll take all of three seconds and that might actually be fairly all, all anyone needs to know about this yeah. <laughs> this movie, uh, really plot-wise. Uh, yeah, but from IMDb, four soldiers trapped behind enemy lines must confront their fears and guess what? Desires
0: whoa didn't see that coming
1: I know probably not and I do think I have a read perhaps well I don't know we'll talk about the desire part in a minute but Craig you know, as we mentioned last last week uh, neither one of us had seen this movie obviously that's okay. way way overdue right
0: I, I would say so
1: so so now saying so so say what you thought of this movie <laughs> <laughs> how'd you like that
0: uh, oh, I liked it I liked it um <laughs> Here's the thing, Kubrick set up the movie for us mm-hmm. by saying it was boring, and no one should watch it right
1: <laughs> Do you and, agree? Let's just start as, there yeah
0: as as much as it pains me, I have to disagree <laughs> with him. Ah, it is not boring. no, it is definitely not boring, and do i mean should should people watch it? I don't know, but the fact that you can is is quite good because. I don't know. It felt like... I mean, it felt like what the first feature of Stanley Kubrick is. Like this this mm-hmm. Stanley Kubrick in his larva stage where he's like <laughs> just figuring stuff out. Just trying the stuff that he knows and seeing what works. And then he watched that movie and everything else he made came out of that movie. You know what I yeah. mean? Like everything it's else crazy. he did. He's just like... I mean, there's, there's so much there that doesn't feel like Stanley Kubrick at all. Right. And then every now and again you just... You sort of just see and feel the ambition. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I mean, uh, it's like, you know, you you, got to you got to cut your teeth, whatever that means. You got to you got to you got to you got to learn the ropes. And uh, and he didn't go to film school. You know, that was this was his film school. Mm -hmm. And I I dare say it's better than any film I produced film school. So (laughs) for sure. But maybe not by very much. So I'll I'll say that in my own defense. But anyway, how did you feel about it, Sean?
1: Yeah, it's interesting, you know, I mean, when you were saying that about it not being at all like any of his other movies, totally, 100% agree, And but then I was thinking of there were moments where I'm like, oh, maybe I see a little bit of this, you know, the, the Kubrick mm-hmm. stare in this, and various things that, I don't know, I'm just like sitting here wondering, is is that really just me trying to like draw, <laughs> connect two dots that don't necessarily... Right. Connect at least with a straight line, um, but I don't know. I mean, it's it's almost impossible to watch the movie and not want to do that at the very least. And you know, we mm-hmm. we talked a little bit about that last time and how, you know, it would be somewhat of a challenge to just try it and like appreciate this movie on its own terms. And I, I'm I'm kind of with you here. Like I feel that you know, you said it, Kubrick was wrong and that it's not boring, and I agree with that. But I also think yeah, you know what, he's right about the fact that it's not a great movie, that's for sure. Sure. You know, that was not, you know, shouldn't be surprised by the fact that he's probably a pretty good judge of his own movie in, in a lot of ways. But there were a lot of other things that, that definitely surprised me about it. And I think it's some of that stuff in which you're you're, you're probably um, alluding to, you know, just some of the, the editing and some of the mm-hmm. the staging of of these moments of violence, actually, in this movie. Yeah. That I was like, whoa, where did this come from? <laughs> and mm-hmm. did not expect. And so I don't know. There were a lot of various little surprises with this movie. And I'll start with one that was most surprising, perhaps, Craig. And that was that when I was watching this, I found myself thinking of, which I'm sure you did too, the, uh, the 1985 classics uh, teen sex comedy starring Johnny Depp and Rob Morrow, Private Resort. Which oh, yeah. H- how does anyone not think of that? But uh and here's why I thought of that, and I'll ask you this question, which I've asked you before, Craig. So there's four soldiers in this movie, basically. Mm-hmm. The bulk of our cast. What can you tell me about those guys that you learned from the movie itself?
0: Yeah, I mean <laughs> I, I, I feel like the one that we I f the the one I felt like I understood and knew the best by the end of the movie was Mac.
1: hmm The Frank Silver. Even so character, I think, right?
0: Yeah. I mean, and, and this is, this is luckily, this is because we have a lot of internal monologuing going on. Yeah. Uh, and even so, even with me hearing his private inmost thoughts, I still only have a vague idea <laughs> yeah. of why he was doing what he was doing. Like, I thought his decisions, especially the the whole thing that happens at the end, which we'll get into, I thought it was really interesting. It was interesting. Like, what, why he was motivated to do that what he was doing it wasn't just a sort of one dimensional we're soldiers and this is what we have to do type thing right like it went a little deeper than that but but then it just sort of stops i don't know it would have been really interesting to find out like what what is he talking about in this internal monologue <laughs> like he, he's yeah. just he's alluding to this life that he's led that he kind of doesn't want to go back to yeah and that he's he's done bad things and like he sort of like feels like no one's going to care if he's gone or not, so he might as well do something good or something like that. But it was like, boy, that's a lot to lay on me right here at the end.
1: It is, and especially for... I mean, on the surface level, I mean, I, I just... I don't know anything about these guys, really. I mean, yeah. to the point where I was just like, I'm not sure how to their names or their rank. I mean, you know, it took yeah. me a while to figure that out a little bit and what these guys... Uh who they were exactly, and I think that is to me that's the biggest hurdle with this movie. It's like it's it's just hard to be engaged emotionally with something when you don't know anything about the characters, right? It's yeah. pretty simple, and yet I'm sitting here and thinking, you know exactly right now, and I thought this various times during this movie, like this whole thing like it was surprising. i mean the whole thing is is insanely like existential. And like yeah. maybe working on layers, I just did not expect at all from the very mm-hmm. start. You know, there's a narrator, right? And I mentioned his name last time. I'm not going to mention it again because who cares? Like <laughs> honestly, yeah, that guy you know, gets enough credit. I don't know who he is. You don't know. Who he, I mean, he's he's literally no. just a narrator in this movie. He has no connection it's to the voice, plot. Yeah. Yes, but you're sort of like starting with this movie and like these sweeping shots of the landscape, and you're hearing the narration that. The enemies we fight do not exist unless we invent them. These soldiers have no other country but the mind. And so, I mean, in that regard, it's almost like a Twilight Zone episode or something. Like, I don't know how literal we're supposed to take any of this. And that's really interesting. I mean, it's like you said, like, with the inner monologues and the internal monologues and all this stuff, it does. It goes to, like, these deep places that I, I'm like I don't I didn't <laughs> I didn't necessarily yeah. see this coming, and no, yet I, I, it's not that engaging though. Sorry, um, I mean just like it's just hard to no. kind of crack the nut of this movie a bit. Right. Um. And yet again, it's intellectually really interesting, and it's also something. I mean, I'm thinking about it, and it's like you. I, I think there's a maybe like a straighter line to something like Apocalypse Now. Or mm-hmm. th- The thin red, or line. thin red Line. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like, if you like either of those movies, like, this is that kind of war movie. And it's almost not even a war movie. I mean, it's like hard to even call it that. Yeah. But it it's sort of operating on those terms, I guess. And yeah. uh, I don't know, like, that's kind of fascinating, right? For this movie that he hated, you know?
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, and that's the thing. Like, it's, it's, um, I don't know. It, 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 you know so, so there's a little bit of a plot. There's a tiny bit of a plot. Yeah. So so our, our, our guys here have, have crashed. They they they, they crash in a plane and they're behind enemy lines.
1: It's just like lost. Yeah.
0: Just like exactly like lost. <laughs>
1: Did they crash? No, I don't know.
0: And one of them is carrying yeah, the JJ Abrams mystery box. No. Mm-hmm. So they're they're trying to get across obviously enemy lines. And they don't have a map, so I don't really know how they know where they're. It doesn't matter. Well,
1: they he drew one in the sand. Do you remember that? Oh, that's right. <laughs> Which was it? It was that scene actually kind of made me laugh a little bit because like it's it's a stick drawing in the sand. It's like there's one line. Oh, those are those are the enemy lines. Yeah. There's it's a like, circle. Here's the enemy
0: line. Yeah. Everyone's like, okay, got it.
1: <laughs> yeah. And it was like we we landed probably around here, and then there's a river to the east of us that goes right there. You know, and I was like, okay. Well, that's a really yeah. simple map for starters. <laughs> like, how do you know this? Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, yeah, consider- part of me
0: kind of feels like I don't know if there's a point in drawing a map. Really, just yeah, just tell them go to the river. Yeah. So anyway, but but the, but the idea is they're going to go to this river. They're going to build a raft. They're going to float down the river at night, past whoever might be there, and and you know they'll be home in the morning. Great. And right. like so, so there you know there there is a plot. You could have built the plot around just suspense. Yeah. Um. Again, oh,
1: Hearts of Darkness, Apocalypse Now, you going down the river. I mean, that's like right. you know, Huck, Huck Finn, which they even like make a joke of. Like yeah. that is it's built. That's a built-in plot device, right? Like yeah. right. <laughs> at this day and age, we can recognize yeah. that as uh, okay. That's all you need to know. Like that you're off and right. running, and then it's just about like surviving that trip. Probably uh, not necessarily the case with this movie, right?
0: No. Uh, yeah. And the thing is. So for, for for me, you know, kind of when we're when we when we start off the movie, like all the acting. So this is 1953, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And the acting definitely feels 1953ish. Uh, well, can know? we talk I, about I, the
1: ADR for just a second? Because it's like it's almost sure. impossible to detach from the performances itself. I mean, it's kind of it kind of kills things in a lot of ways. I thought yeah. uh, it, it took me. 10 minutes easily to kind of even get used to that. Um, I don't know, but that's, yeah. But even beside that, yeah, the acting it's, it's of an error.
0: Yeah. So, and and everyone seems, uh, for lack of a better term, normal, Mm -hmm. like no one seems totally wigged out. You got the kid soldier, you know, his deal. He's a kid. He's got freckles. You know what I mean? (laughs) You You didn't really step out out of that. You got Mac. He's the tough guy. You got Corby, the leader, who's like a seems like a devil may care pilot type. Yeah, and then you got you got like the fourth wheel guy who has no. He's like a bowl of jello. I don't know. I don't know what he was.
1: <laughs> Fletcher. Oh, Fletcher. Uh, it says it's Fletcher. Although I don't remember him being called that at all in the movie.
0: No. Uh, the I captain, no.
1: though. Like, yeah, they call him captain at some point, but that was like really later on.
0: Yeah. Know? Anyway. Yeah, you don't know, and, and and I think I was, you know, obviously part of the point I think was that they're they're not trying to say like these this is the, these are the U.S. guys and those are the German guys or the Korean no, guys, but the, it's, you know, yeah. that, that like you know major point being made that yeah you don't know any of the sides, right? But, um, but then we we get we take our first uh, dip into the internal monologues of the movie when they're walking through the 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 woods trying to find this uh, forest. Yep. And they all seem pretty racked with fear uh-huh. as you might guess from the title. Uh, and it just seemed I I don't know. How did that jibe with you? Like did you
1: I kind of liked it. Yeah. on, on its own. Mhm. Did it feel like organic to the scene prior to it and and maybe after it? Not necessarily, you know? Yeah. Because, yeah, it's like your... Their actions aren't projecting fear at all. Right. Which I guess is part of the statement maybe that they're making here. It's like, yeah, you're, you're tasked to be brave as a soldier and show no fear, and yet inside, you know, you can only imagine what your mind is thinking, you know, in the, in that circumstance. Right. And so I think... I just I kind of liked it more just as a technique in a weird way. Mm-hmm. It's like oh this this does like it feels crazy because, and like it's adding some real tension to this thing and like you know we should be clear like we we're talking about like it, specifically in that scene. It may have just been one shot even. It's not like we're just hearing this guy's internal monologue and then there's a little pause and then we hear this guy's and like, it's all overlapped and you're back and oh, forth yeah, yeah. between four. And so it's just like this wall of noise all of a sudden and these voices. And like it, and that's what say. Like it almost points towards like an insanity more than, <laughs> than just like, yeah. yeah, it's definitely not like the poetic musings of like Terrence Malick in her monologues right. whatsoever, <laughs> you know? Right. Uh So I, I, I don't know. Uh, it, it's it's one of those things that, on the whole, I like what it brought to the movie, and yet it feels detached from the movie, from the plot, I guess, at the same time. Does that make any yeah, sense? I mean, yeah, I
0: mean, I guess, I guess for me, at the beginning, when that was first happening, I was first watching the movie, I, I had never seen any of it before, and I'm watching this. And you've got the internal monologues, and yeah, like I, I'm thinking about Twilight Zone. Mm-hmm. Like this feels like it could totally be an episode yeah. of Twilight Zone at this point. Yep. You know, and these internal monologues are really setting up that all these guys, and in a second, they're gonna walk by Rod Serling. He's gonna be standing there with a cigarette. <laughs> and he's, you know, he's gonna give his whole thing about men are, you know, raised to not show fear and blah blah. blah. But that does that doesn't happen. I, I guess the thing is with with all the internal monologues. Um, it's it's not a great use of VO, and it, it 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 felt like maybe it was something that was an afterthought because I couldn't mm-hmm. I, I don't know it, it never it never felt like it was it belonged there right. I guess, I guess it, yeah it drove me a little crazy because <laughs> it just felt like there's such better ways to show this yeah than having these guys sort of never. I don't know, admit fear or something, and then mm-hmm. have their internal monologues tell you how fearful they are. I, I I don't know. I I I was not getting anything out of that.
1: Yeah, I mean, the only thing I can think of is that would support the idea that maybe it was in there from the beginning is because you know that character of Sydney, which was like the younger mm-hmm. guy. I mean, obviously he takes a, a turn towards kind of completely losing his mind, and. Mm-hmm maybe you look at like the internal monologues as, as a bit of foreshadowing that, or at least like motivating it slightly that he was headed in that direction or any of these guys might be capable of, of going off the deep end. Right. And uh, it also, I think it kind of points to a little bit of just, you know, like when you get to the general and the reveal and all that kind of stuff, which we will talk about a little bit, but um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It, it's, it's from, It is. It's just a weird decision, I guess. Uh, it's like yeah. again, when I'm talking about, like when I think of this movie, like I, I just sort of think of seeing the pictures I've seen in books and online, right? And so, like, I mm-hmm. just expected this very by the numbers, lame, low budget war story. I feel like every still photo I've seen in this movie was like overexposed and poorly shot, you mm-hmm. know, and so like i was not prepared for just the twi- like the like what i like, twilight zone sort of vibe of this thing at all like i just didn't know that that was going to be part of this and so yeah on the one hand i really appreciate <laughs> those internal monologues and on the other i'm kind of like yeah i don't know i don't know what's necessarily gained entirely from that and it's also like the stuff they're saying, is just kind of hard to keep track of, <laughs> like you know? Yeah. It's, again, it's because we know so little about the characters and, and, and any of their background or personal lives. And again, like we don't even know there's no side that they're fighting for. There's no side that they're fighting against necessarily, right? Right. So it's like purposefully vague. And so all that does, like this extra layer of like, what the hell are they talking about? Like these these guys are really yeah. losing their mind. To me, it just added up to feeling discomfort as a viewer, and that's my appreciation yeah. of it more so than I don't. I yeah. I, I we could sit here and analyze it and like probably come up with some sort of critical analysis for it, but I, I don't know. I don't know yeah. that we should. You know.
0: Well, I mean, I, I think I think what we can talk about is is kind of um, where all of that leads. Yeah, which for me is. They uh, capture a woman in who just happens to be near the river. Yeah, she's doing her laundry in the, in the
1: river. I think with uh, two she's other doing women. laundry. Yeah, uh,
0: you know, behind or I guess it's not behind enemy lines for her. She's not the enemy. I, I don't know. Yeah, but they find her and they grab her, and they decide she might be worth keeping because she's she'd be a good hostage in case they get into a tight bind.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And. and and so up until now, again, up until now, all these guys kind of seemed like Mac maybe seemed a little off-kilter, maybe. Yeah. Otherwise, they all seemed like generally good guys going through the woods. Yeah, they're doing their mission, right? They're just doing the mission. Yeah, trying to get back to and the front. They, yeah. Right. They get the girl and immediately Corby becomes a complete creep. <laughs> totally.
1: <laughs> like oh they grab
0: her and they're holding her and mac is kind of even heavy breathing but corby's like brushing her hair with his hand and stuff and she's terrified and it's like yeah. they're not even attempting to be humane to this person you know what i mean like oh except I, uh, for sydney
1: well not i yeah because sydney is like don't don't hurt her which sydney is the uh, paul Mazursky character by the way and um <laughs> I love that Corby line. I'm sure you probably picked up on it too, but he's like, no one's going to punish her. I just simply want to tie her up. And (laughs) it's like, what? (laughs) You sadistic animal. Yeah. Uh, I've just, you know, the phrasing of that was really kind of fascinating. And obviously, you know, yeah, there's a long history of war movies now to to suggest that, you know, good guys in in bad situations uh, sometimes do bad things, obviously. And this I don't know. I mean it would be interesting to do a little more research and just see what it was el- what else was out there at the time um that even suggested this about American soldiers. And like again, these aren't necessarily yeah. Americans, but they're they're speaking with a heavy American accent, so you can only read into it that way. Uh yeah. but yeah, I I mean, for sure it kind of feels like a rape could happen at any moment. And you know, I don't mean yeah. to laugh about that, but that was like again not prepared for that in this movie the first Stanley Kubrick movie from 1952 or whatever that he made for 40 grand with his uncle's money not at all and uh, that whole sequence uh, loved how it was shot you know Mm -hmm. Um, that's one of those few moments where I felt like yeah you're you're seeing what this guy is, is going to be capable of in a real way here there's so many tight close ups and you know we were kind of laughing about that quote about Virginia Lath who played that woman. Yeah. What was it like? The Wolves are breathless, or whatever was on the poster. Yeah, yeah. Which I mean, the the woman she says one word in this entire movie is this, <laughs> this boat, yeah. and it's like pronounced with a weird accent where she's not really understanding English. But boy, those eyes tell a story, you know. I mean, she's really projecting a lot with her eyes there, and it's yeah. an interesting performance. And like again, just like his shot selection, it's is. Is pretty crazy good in that sequence because it is yeah. uncomfortable. I mean, the whole way through, you know. Sure. But nobody gets raped, so that's good.
0: Yeah, I mean, we can really say that for any situation.
1: But she dies, so that's bad.
0: Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, that sounded terrible. But, but sorry. then, yeah. So, so, but we have we have the kind of the creep out there. Yeah. And then, and then they decide they're going to leave Sydney with her. They're going to tie her you know, with belts to a tree. Nice. Mm -hmm. And then they're going to leave Sydney with her and they're going to go and try and get their their raft in the water or something. They're going to make sure there's not a, you know, trap set for the raft.
1: Yeah, let me ask you this because Mm -hmm. I got a little confused just from the plot. And again, it's a really simple plot. Yeah, they they build this raft. I think they build it prior to that. There was a great line about, you know, Sydney asked, uh, I think it was Sydney was like, should we... See if it floats. And Corby says uh all rafts float or something. <laughs> something like that. I was like, well, that's yeah. just that's a big rafts always float. That was what it was. I was like, that's a big yeah. big assumption from this thing you just made out of sticks and, and some logs. And yeah. uh but they lose the raft at some point, right? and they hide it at one point, right?
0: Well 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 yeah, they, they, they cover it with they cover it with sticks.
1: And brush brush. Excuse in, me. Yeah.
0: Yeah. In case a uh in case a plane goes over again. Yes. Uh, which kind of set a lot of this in motion. We forgot yep. to tell you. Hey, uh, backtrack. A plane goes over. Okay.
1: <laughs> They've been spotted. Pot- yeah. Potentially pro- pro- been spotted. Maybe.
0: Probably. Yeah. No one seems... It doesn't seem to be an, an urgent matter to yeah. any other army. Because no one really comes gunning for them.
1: No. But their fear is that this woman would then... If they let her go, well, she's gonna run away and tell right. the to the general and then I mean that's the whole thing is like there's a general, which like almost applies South America, you know, um, or Cuba or something, but um Yeah. Uh that's that's not the case here, as we find out when we see the general later. But right. yeah, I don't know. They leave Sydney with this woman, and I mean, were you prepared for for like his descent into madness and how quickly it happens there?
0: Not at all yeah. in fact i thought he was going to let her go and yeah. they and he was going to go off with her that would have trying to like cuz he seemed worried about her and as soon mm-hmm. as those guys are gone it's like that guy belongs in an asylum oh
1: man yeah
0: he completely cracks and i don't i don't know why i didn't really see the the that coming
1: yeah it, it's tough because I think at this point, having seen his movies, many movies as we have, you can sort of see how that would work. Like you, you've, you like, I feel like there's other movies where you have like the natural progression of madness mm-hmm. in war, like Tom Berenger and platoon or something, you know, yeah. but seriously, like, they just, he just kind of skipped all that you know? and it was like, well, there's a woman tied against a tree is a yeah. male soldier and he's trying to talk to her and she doesn't understand what he's saying. I think A is the implication, you know, like she doesn't speak English and he's sitting there and he's trying to do like an impression of the general. And man, when he's sitting there doing that, I'm like, this dude is out of his mind. And like, it's a pretty, like, it's a good performance. I think, you know, like physically anyway, and he's just all up on her and he's like kind of kissing her. But at the same time, like concerned, that she's gonna think he's a bad guy. And so, right. like, all of that stuff was just extremely uncomfortable, you know? Very uncomfortable. Yeah. And then I'm trying to remember the exact sequence of it, but it gets even more uncomfortable. He's like kissing on her, and then he starts to unloosen the belts that's tying her. Well, and there, do you yeah. remember those like weird? There's like a weird close up of him, and he's just got this like, like, creepy little grin smirk on his face yeah um which i don't know you real kubrick aficionados we might look at uh d'onofrio in full metal jacket and and trace a line but um you probably shouldn't anyway it's (laughs) like again rape is imminent right
0: (laughs) yeah so a question for you is was it just me or at this point when he really starts getting up on her That she starts to pretend like she likes it.
1: I I read it that way. Yeah.
0: Okay. Okay. I thought so too. Like, like she seems to sort of be smiling in some of the close ups, And then I was like, is that right? Or is she, is it a grimace? And I'm just taking it as a, as a, you know, smile, but I'm pretty sure she's trying to make him think that because then, because then he starts letting her loose. Yeah. I think that's the whole idea. She's going to get loose and she's going to run.
1: And it's, yeah, it's a clumsily staged scene. Like, there's a few moments like that where, you know, and I actually ended up watching some of that again, but the belts get loose and, like, he's holding on to one end and, like, she tries to take off, but the belt is still, like, around her arm. And, like, it just, it's one of those scenes where I feel like, you know, the Kubrick of 30 years later, like, there's no way he would have staged that scene the same way because, like, she, he easily could have overpowered her, I think you know yeah and even in his like madness and there's it's a real small struggle and then she runs off and he pulls a gun on her and i can't remember what he he's saying but it's almost god something about don't think of me as a bad guy you know or something like that (laughs) a bad man and then shoots her and uh it's like oh jesus uh (laughs) I was like, "Well, that that's yeah. that's the end of that role for, for Virginia Light." There, um, yeah, it's it's a tough scene. I mean, it's a tough scene to like watch, and it's a tough scene to kind of wrap my head around, even you know, yeah, because yeah, it bears so little weight on the rest of the plot.
0: You would think, yeah. I mean, I I could see it. You know, kind of, I could see wanting it to be this could happen to all of you yeah thing like we're all under this mental pressure and god forbid if you run into another female in the woods you could crack too like i i don't know exactly what you know what line you're supposed to draw except that Mm -hmm. like this is maybe how close everyone is to losing their (laughs) minds
1: let's hope not yeah
0: yeah no. But yeah, I mean, he he runs off completely, completely insane. Oh, it's a river of blood! It's a river of blood! Let's go river for a swim, blood, Mac. You know, yeah. and like runs off. Yeah. And and he's just gone, and they're just like, "Okay, Sydney went fucking poopers. Yeah. let's <laughs> let's get out of here.
1: I'll smell you but, later. But yeah. No, but
0: and, and actually, it's not even get out of here. So Mac really wants to kill that general. Yeah. Now is that his? I mean, we we, we we know now what his um, reasons were, but, I mean, is that his way of cracking? Like, he's so intent on killing this general. And it's like, but just get on the raft. Like, you are outnumbered. Get on the raft and go home. Yeah, I
1: don't know. I didn't read it that way. I mean, I don't know if it's yeah. just, like, being conditioned to think that, uh, yeah, here's the patriotic hero who's, like, you got to complete the mission, kind of. You know, forget, you know, right. don't forget... Why you're there even though yes you had this bad experience of your plane crashed and you survived and now you got to get back to the line ultimately you're trying to be the bad guys and so yeah when they they get the plane flies overhead and then they later on see with binoculars there's a house that appears to be the general's house and the general is just the sort of you know, title of the vague bad guy, you know, if you will, or mm-hmm. whatever leader of this military, this this enemy that they're fighting. And there's a few guards out front, and then the plane that had flown overhead has landed nearby. And so that's like, yeah, that part of their plan is max's going to create a distraction. He's going to go down and take a, take a pop at the uh, general and uh, draw the rest of the guys on him, and then those other two guys will get in the plane and take off, right, and go fly back to the lines. And yeah, I mean, as far as like military geniuses go, I don't think that's the, br- the brightest plan in the, <laughs> in the right. history books uh, in any regards. But I don't know. I mean, there may be something to that interpretation, though, that, that that's part of his, his cracking up because it's definitely presented as a suicide mission of sorts, you know? Yeah. And you get some inner monologue when he's floating down that raft. And I think you talked about that just a little while ago, but yeah, it's like, man, it's, it's hard to make heads or tails of that. I mean, it's talking about all kinds of stuff. And um, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know. It's just like all part of like the, the soup of madness to me of this movie. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I, I swear to God, like um, we've, I think we even skipped the fact that they, they stumbled upon a house or a cabin prior to all of this. Right. Yeah. where there's two other soldiers uh that they end up killing and man i i don't i don't know who those guys are or like exactly what happened that they that they stumbled upon this place uh I f- was that where the dope no the doberman would belong to the general right yeah right but i got to say like once again you know if you sort of look at it as a scene on its own oh man like uh That's pretty intense, you know. I mean, there's so so many, like, quick cuts and extreme close-ups, you know, of Mac, like, jabbing the knife at the camera. And there's stew that these guys were eating, this beef stew or whatever. It's, like, spilling on the table. And there's these plops of stew hitting wood. And this guy's hand, like crushing cornbread or something in his yeah. and it's it's really visceral i don't know i was just like again like kind of caught off guard by the um by the movement of it and the, and the style of it where i'm like with you man like that i cannot think of another kubrick movie that has anything like that as far as no like the way he shot that scene and the violence of it um yeah well nuts. and
0: it, it kind of reminded me of um you know, stuff like like Battleship Potemkin or something. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like it's it is very in the cut. Yep. Uh it it is it is impressionistic. It is, you know, it is not uh There's like no wide shots to speak of punching at all. each other in the face or anything. Yeah. yeah. It's like a lot of sound and a lot of stew. Yes. Uh a lot of stew. Um but it's it's really great. Like it's that super visually cool, interesting. Yeah. Everything about it. Yeah. The fight is really interesting and, and after the fight is re- like all the angles and the way like the shadows are thrown around and that kind of stuff mm-hmm. is uh really beautiful stuff and it's it's kind of a big contrast from all the outdoor stuff. Yeah. which doesn't tend to be like you know quite that stylized. Um and then I mean so, yeah. uh,
1: two of those guys were like eating the stew. Yeah. And the dead bodies are are just <laughs> there on the floor and so yeah, I don't know. I mean, uh, you know, I think w- this movie was described as an anti-war film. And like, I guess, you know, we'll get into that a little bit, but, uh, you know, it's, it's a moment like that. And then, then, that sequence with the, with Virginia Laith that, uh, you know, those are the ones that I think are, are really, you know, pointing the finger in that direction versus, you know, sort of making any kind of like larger political stance, at least right. like pointing the finger at a country per se. Right. Um, so, yeah, I, I thought that stuff was pretty crazy, and then, yeah, so so they're continuing on. Sydney has gone jungle and uh gone off into the river. Max floating down on the raft by himself. Corby and the other guy, Fletcher or whatever, are kind of doing their thing. And then I think it's around then that we go actually inside that house and we see the general and we get his POV. And that, okay, we got to talk about this for a second because the general, and I'm trying to remember, we may have mentioned this in the last one. The general, who is a bad guy, the enemy, yep. is played by the same actor who plays Corby and his right-hand man is played by the same actor who plays the whatever the Fletcher character is or whatever that, yeah, I mean, that guy was... like He was just sort of like the right-hand man, I guess. I don't know. Like, he, He's hard, hard to get a read on anything on that dude. Uh, he was slightly bald, I think, right?
0: Balding, yeah. He's balding, okay. We're That's his, like, description. Hairline, sure.
1: I i don't know, man. Like, what do you make of any of that? Because, like, the the general A, <laughs> like, he speaks with such a different tone of voice than he does as Corby, the actor. Yeah. I mean... We got. To, I guess we should open the can of worms about whether or not he's trying to say something by the fact that, you know, you, you one soldier's enemy is this, you know I don't know is this this just two different two sides of a same coin or something like that, um, but the the speech is about the dog and I, I don't know it was it was crazy. I
0: loved the speech about the dog. I'm gonna say this.
1: Oh, I wrote down the line, uh, he says, has your wet nose become aware of all the blood on the grass? Which, that's kind of <laughs> a beautiful line. I mean, it's a crazy line, right? Yeah. It's talking about a dog. Uh, yeah. But that's kind of a cool line, man. I-, I was kind of digging it. Yeah. It's almost, I mean, there's a bit of sort of the Colonel Kurtz, you know, Hearts of Darkness, Apocalypse Now kind of thing to that general character where... Mm-hmm. Again, it's like that guy's like having like all these existential thoughts. And like another line he said that was, I cannot quite admit that it is I creating slaughter in this abyss. <laughs> yeah. It's like amazing. Yeah. And uh, I, I don't the know, man. general. Yeah. It, it was, it was pretty, pretty intense and, and heavy. And uh, I, it's, it's one of those things where it's just like, I I guess he's a bad guy, you know, because we haven't seen, it's not like we're seeing him treat somebody poorly and then saying all these things, you know?
0: I think that's kind of the thing is like, yeah, nobody on what you could call the other side, we haven't seen them do anything bad at all. Yeah. Like whatsoever. Like our guys have done more weird, bad (laughs) stuff than they have. Yeah. Uh, But they all know they're supposed to fight each other. Mm Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, I mean, I just figured, you know, ha- having, you know, these guys be the same as Corby and Fletcher is just like saying like, there's no, di- like, it doesn't make a difference if you are on one side and you're killing people on the other side, like you're just, you're killing human beings. And so, yeah. you you know, you might as well be just killing yourself. Like it's, it's, you know, that, that's kind of how dumb war is. Yeah, And I think, uh, I think that's exactly what Kubrick was trying to say. I do too. War... Is dumb.
1: Yes. And I also wonder if that's the kind of thing that looking back, he was like, oh, that was really sort of a juvenile, <laughs> amateurish way of showing sure. that. Because, yeah. y- you know, it's, yeah, you don't know anything about this guy. And all it's doing is just, you know, spouting off these kind of like non sequiturs in a way, uh, you know, these bigger, deeper thoughts about slaughter and the abyss. <laughs> and yeah. meanwhile you haven't shown any of that and so you know yeah i kind of like get sure. the sense of like yeah uh, maybe this was a this was a first go at it you know
0: exactly well i th- and i think that's the thing like it's so valuable mm-hmm. to make something yeah and then look at it and say nope that's not the way to make yeah. that. <laughs> One, especially <laughs> you know? for
1: a guy who then made, like, you could say at least, like, three other war movies if you want to throw Barry Lyndon in there, you know? Yeah. I mean, l- you know, look at the way Full Metal Jacket kind of treats that and, and Paths of Glory as well. Uh, You know, he definitely, well, and freaking Dr. Strangelove, too, you know, uh, he's sure. covered the gamut here and this is, this is weirder than like all of those, you know. Which is crazy to yeah. say. I mean, it's weirder than Full Metal <laughs> Jacket, and it's like treatment of some of this stuff. And um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I kind of get where where he might feel the uh, the reticent in having people return to this as opposed to one yeah. of those movies. But um, I I see now that I wrote down one of the lines that Mac. Had in his internal dialogue when he was, you know, paddling down the river, trying to position himself to create this diversion and get a pop shot at the general, maybe. And it was, I'm a little scared though, like kissing my great grandmother when she was dying. It's like, whoa, oh, yeah. <laughs> that's a good line too. I mean, it's yeah, again, like I don't know that it fits this movie and this guy, but for something that's happening. Happening in an in inner dialogue, uh it's kinda cool. But
0: yeah, there were definitely little little gems. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there somebody sure.
1: put some some real thought into that. So yeah. I think I mentioned before, like his plan seemed kind of kind of dumb. Yeah. I mean, he really is on a raft in the river. Yeah. And then, you know, pulls his gun out and I think he he shouts something out and then starts firing on this building. And these guys, these guards, which I don't know, you think those are maybe the Mexican laborers, by the way? <laughs> the couple guards? <laughs> yeah,
0: actually, maybe. I, they could
1: have been. That was my only guess as to if they perhaps appeared in the film. If you don't know what we're talking about, go listen to you. Um, I got to say, like, another pretty great stylistic sequence there when Cordy and uh, the other guy kind of go in then for the close attack on the general. And... Uh, Man, like I I sort of loved that shot of him like he takes the final bullet and his face hits the like the front steps of the oh, porch yeah. and he's just left there with his nose pressed up against the wood and the doberman's kind of like walking around in the background. Uh oh yeah. I feel like a if that were like you know, a movie made today there would be like the doberman would be lapping up the blood or walking <laughs> there would be blood everywhere basically.
0: Well, and that's a thing, yeah. I really in that moment, so you got you got that Doberman standing there yeah. licking his chops. Beautiful dog. Do you
1: think he was gonna eat the general?
0: I didn't, What okay. I'll tell you what I was hoping for. <laughs> I can't really say hoping, because I knew there was no way this was gonna happen. Mm-hmm. I wanted the dog's internal monologue. Oh that would be. I amazing. just wanted someone who's like, Yep. I know all about that blood on the grass. Yep. General. I need some Ruby Reeds.
1: Yeah. You just sound like Scooby Doo. <laughs>
0: Oh, man. That would have been amazing. You know, it is in the public domain. I might just make that version. You should. And the dog has an internal I will finance it just for that
1: shot alone. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Yeah, but so the general's dead, and Cordy and his man, they hop up in that plane, and they get away. And if I have a real bone to pick with this movie and sort of anything that felt like it was really pushing the boundaries of my uh, willingness to believe anything it Mm. was that Max survived being shot by about four or five soldiers. And, you know, obviously this movie, again, we're talking Twilight Zone vibe, so maybe it's not supposed to be taken literally. I get that. But you got, the you know, there's four or five dudes pointing their guns at a guy in the middle of a river on a raft. Either they're really, really bad shots or something miraculous has happened that allowed him... Because, like, you don't even see him paddle away. Or like, how did he get away? Like, you
0: know... It's, well, I, I think he just he just pulled up his anchor and just floated away.
1: Yeah. Well, that ro- river no, that the river was not the most rapidly moving river. I still feel like they yeah. would have been able to keep up with him and shoot him until he was dead. Although well, that's not what right. happened. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I did like... Agreed. ...that we then get a reappearance of Sydney, uh the guy that's completely gone crazy and there he is waiting in the water and there's all this fog around and like that's a pretty cool shot like again like it is it's kind of uncomfortable and and a little bit creepy uh you know Mm -hmm. Apocalypse Now for sure came to mind when I saw him again and just thinking about some of the vibe of that movie um yeah but he gets on Mac is kind of sort of out of it at this point. I mean, you get the sense that he's dying, you know, he's he's very close to death even though he didn't die uh earlier when those guards should have killed him. Right. And you know, you just get some more Sydney kind of nonsense, you know, there's something about the trees being naked and uh I, I got to say like I give credit to Paul Mazursky. I mean, like even though it's totally ADR, like it felt like he was he wasn't just phoning it in. Like he was trying, you know. It's big. The performance, oh, yeah. But uh but he was trying, and then yeah, um, he, was,
0: he was giving it his all.
1: I guess they just float off, don't they? I mean,
0: yeah, they float off, yeah. And then, and then we have our guys waiting for them, and then they they float in, yeah. Was that the Was that the last? Yeah, shot? pretty no, much. That was well, panning across the. Land yeah, or something. which was
1: a repeat of footage, but uh, yeah. Yeah, there was a couple of those sitting there, the thing. which is some of the established yeah. shots. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, yeah, Cordy and the other guy, they f- take off in the plane, they land behind, you know, safely behind their lines, and they're talking with one of their superiors about how, you know, Matt could have survived, they should go wait by the river for him, and then uh, I kind of liked that moment actually where it was, it was Cordy yeah. and, and this guy and they're just sitting there in like real thick of trees a ton of fog it's a cool shot and they're smoking and they're talking yeah. and like that to me was again like when you're just getting some of the existentialism and like the anti-war stuff it's Uh, there was a line where I think, uh, the Fletcher guy says, I I guess I'm not built for this. And Cordy says, nobody ever was, It's all a trick we perform when we'd rather not die immediately. And I'm pretty sure that was the last line of the movie. And, uh, Mac and, yeah, Mac and Sydney go floating by. And I mean, that's, yeah, that's what they leave you with. I mean, that's a pretty strong, (laughs) strong message to take away from this movie. And, uh. There's a few of those. I mean, there was one. There was something about they gave me a gun and I just want to go home. I think Sydney says that maybe to the woman or something. And I can't go home. Um, which yeah. I was like, oh man, that's a pretty, that's a pretty heartbreaking. Yeah, there was line a good too. bit
0: because I think Fletcher said something similar. Yeah, like he really put a fine point on it. It was, it was maybe even a little too on the nose. Maybe. Out of yeah. My my note to Mr. Kubrick. Yeah, seriously. But but he was kind of like out. you know like I, I'm I'm you know I can't go back to being the same person i was before yep. you know that that kind of whole thing uh which i would ask yeah
1: why not necessarily you know i mean from what we've yeah. seen of fletcher you know and that guy like I don't know, feels like he could probably go back to what he i don't know maybe
0: but <laughs> it, try, you know did he even try fletcher <laughs> yeah.
1: i don't know i think that again just underscores the fact that we know so little about these guys that yeah. just even the smallest bit would have like made it a little more engaging, I think, um, or you just you know you'd, you'd be a little more empathetic to their feelings as soldiers who yeah. yeah can't go back to normal life or normal life is going to be very very difficult after what they've gone through because we don't we don't know what they've gone through to be quite honest. Yeah. Even the fact that <laughs> they true. crashed in a plane, how traumatic was that? Did anybody else die? I'm not sure. Yeah. what I really know, no
0: one seems injured. Yeah,
1: all I really know so... is that only one of them managed to get out of there with a gun. And that's a problem. So uh, right, yeah.
0: It's possible. It's possible Sydney lost his helmet. Oh, well,
1: I didn't think so about that, that. Is yeah. Well, maybe that's you know, maybe he just has like a really bad concussion, and that's like what's fueling all <laughs> these yeah. terrible acts of violence.
0: So yeah, just want to see a shot of the back of his head at the end. It's just like blood just gushing out of it. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, okay. Got gotcha. you. Yeah. Got it. Uh, uh, so, I mean, that pretty much covers it. Yeah, I, feel I think like. that's
1: the plot. I mean. More or less, that's the plot of this movie. Uh, you know, so yeah. much of it is being told through tone and vibe. And again, like, a, I think the, the, the staging of some of those sequences is really kind of impressive and, and kind it of is. fascinating to watch. Uh, and and again, may not fit, it may not work as a whole, but... Uh, I don't know. I I came away very surprised by this I movie. Mean, let's talk for a second about. I thought this, at least on. I watched it on Amazon Prime. It yeah. looks really good.
0: Oh yeah, they did a good job. A of it.
1: great job. I mean, like I can only imagine yeah. what state this print was in or whatever when they got their hands on it. But it, it's really yeah. clean and uh, and super sharp. And again, like I think I I just you know my reference for this movie were like shots of like overexposed guys standing in the in the forest and uh you yeah, know there's some of that but uh yeah. no there's some really nice photography in this
0: yeah i mean yeah somebody finally has to kind of stand up and say he is a good filmmaker yeah.
1: no it's funny though i mean you were talking about that and i was just thinking about the fact that you know again i watched the disaster artist and i watched it last night And, like, you know, that's entirely about a guy making his first film and, like, sinking a ton of money into it and the experience of that. and (laughs) The difference between the two, you know, I I can easily say I think Fear and Desire is a better movie just as an experience uh, than The Room, although The Room is very, very funny and very enjoyable. Uh, But, yeah, it's just, it would be crazy to kind of know, you know, uh, part of me wishes, like, he... Would have kind of accepted this movie a little bit more, Kubrick. Yeah, so that we could hear, we, we just maybe would have more of a record of like, yeah, like what he was thinking, like making this movie, and and to talk about some of these things. Uh, I meant to ask you. There's a couple mentions of magicians in this. At least I was going to okay, ask this yeah, from Sydney. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, did, did you? Uh, I'm guessing you don't have a clearer read on any of that. If you were going to ask me the same, or do you?
0: I don't, yeah. and and that's the thing. So he 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 blames uh, killing the girl on Prospero, Prospero the magician. Yeah. And and you know he goes on about magicians. Then he you know goes and jumps in the river of blood. Uh. But what's interesting is, yeah, a, a few minutes later, Mac is talking to Corby, and says they dangle a general in front of you like magic. Yeah. So then I started thinking, well, what is this? Why are we talking about magic right now? <laughs> Uh, and I didn't come to a great understanding of why there was sort of this thread about magic. Uh what about you?
1: He's a big David Blaine fan, uh Kubrick. Yeah. Now that is possible. Yeah, big time big mind freak he's guy. He's big mind freak guy. Time
0: travel. <laughs> yeah.
1: No, and like it it was such that obviously I had the same question. I mean, I feel like it's not coincidence that it was in there that many times, you know? And maybe I don't know if like magic shows just played a bigger part in people's (laughs) everyday experience, maybe especially living in New York than they do now, obviously, or (laughs) what, but, um, it was interesting. I mean, it's, uh, I think one of those things that sort of adds to the twilight zone, perhaps is any of this real reading that you could, you could make of this if you wanted to, um, you know, I could see someone easily pointing to that and the mention of magic, as as a yeah. clue that we are not supposed to take this as literal. Um, but that said, do you take this as literal?
0: I I do not take any of it as literal. Oh, really? Okay. Uh, yeah. Well, and so Prospero is a Shakespeare character. Uh, okay. And 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 yeah, I remember thinking about that, and then uh, thinking about the, the dog's name is Proteus. Right who's a greek god uh which is interesting or god of rivers and oceanic bodies Ah, of water
1: okay there you go down river
0: but i mean does that does that bring me to a new conclusion (laughs) not really yeah but it's it's at least it's tied in and dog
1: is god spelled backwards
0: wait a second (laughs) (laughs) yeah Uh, we've solved another movie sean what
1: do you think? Like, how do you? How would you position a recommendation of fear and desire to anybody?
0: Oh, man. Well, I mean, to anybody? Yeah. Uh, to my wife, I'd say, I'll buy you a really nice dinner afterwards. <laughs> that might yeah. okay. get her motivated. No, but I mean, it, you know, if it's somebody who generally wants to watch movies anyway, I mean, I don't know. What's, what's not to love? It's, it's mm-hmm. only an hour long. Like, I'm already going to tell you, it's by Stanley Kubrick. It's not boring, and he doesn't like it. I mean, if those three things don't get you on board to watch it, I don't yeah. know what will. I think what so. What about you?
1: I think so. And then, I mean, just like taking that and putting it on a shelf somewhere, or could come for the photography and just for the kind of like trippiness of the whole damn thing. I mean, yeah. I think again, like uh, to me, that was probably the biggest surprise. Just you know, thinking about his like, pre, you know, the rest of his work and 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 everything like that. It, this does feel. Distinctly unique, I think, and separate from that, and I'm—I was glad of that. I think, you know. Yeah.
0: Well, and and you know, also, it, it, again, it's really good. It's a really confident movie, but there's also something that's really kind of nice about knowing that you know Stanley Kubrick made this movie that doesn't just soar on like yeah. on the wings of golden eagles. You know, like totally. Mm-hmm. It, it it yeah, there are parts that don't work. Yeah and you're it, like, okay, so yeah, he's human, I'm human, let's make movies. I don't know. I, I think yeah, if you're a film fan and
1: you've been putting this off like we did for ever, yeah. you got you really gotta see this thing. I, I wanna be clear that I do not think it's a great movie at all. I've found it very hard to engage with emotionally. Right. But sit down, watch half an hour of it, stop come back to it again, finish it at some point. And I think you'll
0: be glad. Honestly, I I feel like it could pull you the whole way through. Yeah, it can. Yeah. You know? Yeah. The it's, I, it's never, I, there's not a lot of downtime. There's not a, not a, not a ton of navel gazing. From no. the internal monologue. We keep talking about it kind of has, you know, it, it keeps pl- plotishly moving along.
1: Yeah. Uh, it's paddling down the river. Wouldn't Indeed. you say? No, I, you sure. know, and I was taking notes, and maybe I don't know. I, found, I had to rewind a couple of things, maybe I just was like not sure. paying attention, but um, yeah, yeah, maybe I'm I'm being a little harsh on it as far as that's concerned, but yeah, I don't know. It it, it was a cool one to experience. I'm glad you suggested it, Craig. I didn't even think well, about watching this movie. I hadn't even occurred to me to even see if it was online anywhere lately.
0: Yeah, well, I'm 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 glad you enjoyed it, Sean, and uh, I'm glad we got to take a, a look at it for all of you who have not taken a look at it. Again, it's on. Amazon Prime, at least for now. You never know when it's gonna disappear. Right. But definitely check it out. Check out our tee up already if you haven't already. Um because that'll tee it up. I I don't need to explain that any more than I have. And thanks for coming by and listening to us talk about Stanley Kubrick's fear and desire. Sean, do you have any words of wisdom for us this week? I do,
1: actually. I was going to ask if I could have the last words because I'm Mm -hmm. remembering now, I read today that there is yet another version of 2001 A Space Odyssey coming out very, very soon in 4K, of course. Uh, You should not be at all surprised by this. I think that is happening in April or May. I want to say May. So it's very soon. I've seen the cover artwork. It looks very cool. And I'll be curious to see what... uh, what technical advantages this new transfer perhaps gets. But, uh, yeah, I think we're 19 years ago. No, let's see. Yeah, 19. 19 for Kubrick, sorry. It will be 20 years next year, and uh, that's crazy to think about. But, yeah, I definitely remember it, and, yeah, you can never go wrong with watching a Kubrick movie.
0: That's true.